Hi friends, how are you doing this week? This is another edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. I've noticed that the international community uh, doesn't pay a lot of attention when it comes to individual countries in Africa or uh, when it has to do with crisis that then affects immigration and people living. I'm Jami Virgen with Sinclair Broadcasting in San Antonio, Texas. We are going to find out a little bit more about the accident that happened with the migrants in Panama as they were getting close to the border with Costa Rica. 41 people have died, including children. There are some still that have not been identified and are in ICU in a hospital in David, which is the capital of the province of Chiriquí in Panama. Now, some of those people, believe it or not, have ties to the United States. Two in particular have had the, the honor of being able to help since they found my information on social media. Both of them, families, they don't know each other. Both of those families are from the United States. One of them is from the Baltimore area and the other one from the San Antonio area. They're originally from Cameroon. Not a lot of things are heard often when we're talking about immigration. We hear about what's going on in Venezuela. We hear about what's going on in Cuba. That's what the networks pick up. That's what your normal stations that you see at home pick up. But what is happening in Africa? There are so many countries in Africa and the problem in one country is not the same in the other. So we spoke to one of the family members, the one that lives in Texas, about why they had left Cameroon. And I have to admit, I learned a lot. Dude, why don't you share with people, first of all, why you came to this country from Cameroon. A lot of times we talk about people coming from Mexico, Venezuela is on the news, Cuba, of course, everybody knows, you know, communist state. But a lot of people really are not familiar. They just say Africa, you know, but it's it's many different countries in Africa. And explain to them a little bit about Cameroon and why you had to leave. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've noticed that the international community uh, doesn't pay a lot of attention when it comes to individual countries in Africa or uh, when it has to do with crisis that then affects immigration and people living. I am from Cameroon, uh, the south, the south uh, part of Cameroon, called the Southern Cameroons, meaning the English-speaking region. Uh, first, I'll have to give you like a brief history of my country, Cameroon. It's uh, a bilingual country, meaning it has English and French as its official official languages. And the English-speaking part of Cameroon is the minority. And we have a population of about 28 million in total of Cameroon, with just a population of about 8 million English-speaking Cameroonians which we have our own culture different from that of uh, the French speaking or the French oriented side of Cameroon. So uh, why I'm here today, it's because from 2016, uh, due to a chain reaction of uh, things that have been going on with the system, we have been faced with a lot of marginalization. Back in 2016, 
the English-speaking side of Cameroon got itself into a crisis. A crisis that the government of Cameroon has not been able to address till date. And this crisis developed from lawyers, teachers, students peacefully protesting and the government cracking down on uh, these peaceful protesters with excessive force. Many were arrested. I myself was arrested and many were detained. Others are still missing today. And this has continuously been going on since 2016. A lot of people have been incarcerated. Others without trial, a lot of people have been arbitrarily arrested and others have been killed. Looking at the, the, the statistics of those who have lost their life in this crisis, we are looking over 6,000 English-speaking Cameroonians that have lost their lives in this crisis. And the crisis generated from a peaceful protest to an armed conflict. And it keeps growing day after day and people have been uh, uh, killed and others internally and externally displaced like myself. We have thousands of Cameroonians that have fled the countries, hundreds of thousands that have fled through Nigeria. And neighboring Nigeria is not even safe because we have Cameroonians that fled to neighboring Nigeria and they were being uh, arrested in Nigeria, sent back to Cameroon, and they are still over there in Cameroon. And the reason why all this is happening is because the English-speaking side of Cameroon is asking for an autonomy, asking for it probably independence. But before that, they have put a lot of things in before the table. Cameroon used to be a federal system of government, but later changed through uh, the majority in power, that's the French speaking, they changed it from a federal system to uh, a united system where we keep facing marginalization, where our lawyers are still st st face French speaking judges in court and there are not there is no equal opportunity when it comes to employment so a lot of people are frustrated a lot of people are looking at the system to have failed first we have a president who has been in power for 40 years and he's over 90 years old and nothing has really changed from 1961 when we got independent and decided to join the french speaking french speaking part of cameroon you had a president for 40 years Yes, we've had a president, President Paul Vieira. He's been in power for 40 years. He wow. took over power in 1982. Wow. Okay. So nothing and has changed. and, and Nothing then? has changed since then. Yeah, nothing has changed since then. He's been in power. And we've had elections, but he wins. Why? Because we have those he points to head those electoral commissions have those here points that are that that had uh the, the national assembly and we can't have a free and fair election when the person who is running for presidency is the one appointing those to hurt to head uh, uh an electoral commission so there is a lot that probably because of time i can really put it down together for 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 you to have a grasp about it but you can always all of it is on the internet but it's rather unfortunate that the, interna the international community has not paid a lot of attention to this. This is a crisis that has been going on since 2016. And little kids have been killed, shot while on their way to school. Schools were closed down for a whole year. And Mondays, every Monday, 
have been observed as ghost towns, meaning nobody goes to the street. Everything is shut down in the English-speaking part of Cameroon. And this is a situation that needs a lot of international uh, attention, humanitarian attention, because we have internally displaced people. We have externally displaced people who are simply trying to survive and flee for their lives. And making uh, 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 a lot of English-speaking Cameroonians to get into perilous uh, uh, journeys to leave the country because it is not safe. As a young man in Cameroon, growing up, being on the street or going in to, to the street or just walking in the street, you are not safe. Why? Because the military just arrests anyone they see. And they, when they think that you are a separatist fighter, because we have unknown uh fighters who are not identifiable. They just go about arresting people, breaking into hostels, breaking into neighborhoods, on, uh, having an arrest of individuals that have not committed any crime. And this is something that really needs to be addressed. And we are hoping, we the English-speaking Cameroons, we are hoping. We keep putting our petitions out there in the list the least way we can we keep trying to making our voice heard because we stop like right now not everyone has had the opportunity to talk about it the way i'm talking so we try to be the voice of the voiceless right now we we are just pushing and hoping that something better happens for cameroon well you certainly are giving your people a voice today um let's move on to now so you left three years ago. And tell us about the trek that you went through. It's the same trek that your brother was following, correct? Yeah. And my brother left the country without my knowledge. He just told me that, hey, I left because he went missing for a couple of weeks, close to a month. And... The last time I heard from him, he was like, hey, man, I succeeded in leaving the country. He chose someone's help. I didn't want to tell you about it so you wouldn't panic and all that. And I was like, where are you? He told me he was in Ecuador. I was like, okay, good. I'm happy you're alive. You're safe. Thank God you finally left the country because the government is always after, after young individuals who have not committed any crime or have not been guilty or found guilty of committing crimes. So I've been in this country for three years, hoping, hoping to, uh, to to be safe. And so far, so good. I've been safe and I appreciate the United States government for uh, letting me into their country and for giving me a, a chance to have a safe place. So tell me about your brother leaving. When was the last time you heard from him? When was the last time that you heard from your brother? The last time I heard from my brother was, I think, the, the 13th of January or the 14th of January this year. Okay. So how do you know he was... Because the reason we're talking today, of course, is we have found out and actually, we need to go a little bit further back. I posted something on Facebook about the accident in yeah. Panama. The 41 people uh, who have died, um, one of the buses, many buses, 
the daily move migrants to get them from Colombia to the border with Costa Rica. People pay, the migrants pay $40 to get on the bus and they're taken from one end of the country. When they pop out of the Darien jungle, they're then taken across all the way to Costa Rica. And there was an accident, 41 people died. There are some people still in the hospital. And the reason you and I got in touch was because I posted that and I'm from Panama. So tell people why you reached out. Okay, um, I tried getting to my brother on this fateful day and he wasn't responding to the phone. And for some reason, I went online. I was just going through uh, my Facebook and I saw that Miss Virginia actually po posted an accident that had occurred in Panama. And my instincts struck me because it's I've used that route before, and where supposed, uh, supposedly the accident occurred, at least they have internet connection over there. You can say, hey, he's still in the direct gap probably, and his phone is off now. And I reached out to her, and I'm so happy that she responded immediately. And we've been able to establish that my brother was actually involved in the accident, and I haven't heard anything about him since then. I don't know if my brother is still alive or not, but I'm staying hopeful that he's alive. And it's a very sad situation as an immigrant who has been through that path to see 41 people perish in a, in a car accident. It's, it could be me, it could be someone else, but it's very unfortunate that these people were involved in this accident that is so overwhelming to me right now i can't really find the words yes. to put together to talk about it no yes and where where we're at now is you reached out to me i went ahead and i am originally from panama my family a lot of them are still there um and we went ahead and we determined that yes he may be one of two people of African descent who are still in the ICU in Panama. But in the meantime, you're still waiting for immigration. And because of your own immigration, you're waiting on your residency. You can't just take off to go check on your brother, correct? Yes, I can I can take off to go check on my brother because I've not had my residency yet. I'm still hoping, I'm still believing. And I just hope God for a miracle because when my brother is up right now, I don't know nothing about it. I don't know if he's if he's fine or I'm, I don't know. I have no clue. I've, I've, I've not had a yes. chance to really like talk to someone who is yes. by him. I have no clue. Like, yes, I don't know. And and of course the sources that that are have been helping us out believe that there's a likelihood that he is one of two yeah. people that are there because of the pictures and the passports that. You sent me yeah. and I was able to get one of my sources down there. And the person is alive and I'm actually waiting right now to uh, to hear how they are doing today. Um, Jude, what has this week been like for you? And I, and I want to clarify because, you know, immediately people get all these images of immigrants. You are a hardworking uh, person here in the San Antonio area. Uh, you you work. You're not getting a government handout. You have had meaningful employment. 
you are about to have a baby with your girlfriend here in the in in the San Antonio area and you're waiting on your basically your green card you have work permits yeah. so you you are working for yeah. you what has this week been like i can't find no words to talk about this week like how it has been but the only thing i know is that i've not been able to have any sleep since the 14th of february i haven't been able to sleep I've, I've, it's been really overwhelming trying to get on the phone to talk to people over there in panama and i really want to appreciate this uh, chance to really thank you because i'm not spanish oriented i don't speak spanish but you've been the one who has been able to translate for me helping me down there with the phone calls with the immigration and all that it's really been uh, an over overwhelming week for me and my family, it's really been stressful and I've never been through something like this psychologically. And it's really been defeating in my in my mind, but I, I try I try to stay to stay up, keep my head up and and keep moving. It's it's really been a rough week, I would say that. So right now we are waiting and unfortunately. Monday was a holiday in the United States. Since Friday, Panama has been shut down because of carnivals, although people are working, just the main office is very difficult to get through to people. Um, and yesterday was Ash Wednesday. So today everyone's back to work on Thursday. So we're fully expecting for you to be able to get some answers as of today. Now, in the meantime, they wanted you or someone from your family to give DNA. So you were able to do that here in the States so they can get your genetic code. How soon will that happen? How soon will I they- I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I did, uh, I did my genetic code two days ago and definitely I'll reach out to, to the people today to ask them if they sent it down already. And, uh, they sent it down to Panama already, so I don't know how fast they're gonna work with that, because I was reading uh, uh the news yesterday and and they said Panama immigration has asked uh, several countries that uh several families that their that their their people were involved in it to provide uh genetic codes for DNA and all that, so I don't know how long it's gonna take, and I've been in suspense already for a week. I don't know where. My brother said, and I don't know how fast they're gonna they're gonna be on this. Correct, and and yesterday, unfortunately, there's a, a mall, and I'm actually very familiar with David. David is the capital of Chiriqui, which which is a province uh, in Panama. So provinces are like states for people that don't know. So it would be like Austin, Texas, the capital of the state of Texas. So there was a fire yesterday in the mall where the immigration office for for David is located behind it. So it was very chaotic from what I'm hearing from my sources down there. We don't know what, how much it will slow it down. Uh, everything in the capital is back to normal today. So we're really hoping that there will be some, some news today. Hopefully. For, for your mother your mother, your sister, he has a girlfriend over there, correct? Yes. 
how have you, what have you been able to tell them? Because while you're here, you're at least in the same hemisphere. They're a world away in Cameroon. Oh, I've tried to convince my mom everything is fine, but <laughs> it's been unsuccessful because she's weighing down so badly, so bad that we we are trying that she shouldn't be alone for a second. I don't know if you understand that. Like, she shouldn't be alone. She should have someone very close to her at all times. And my sister has been crying. She calls me. I'm, I'm, when I see her calls, I just, I just that tears just start running down my eyes because I know she's gonna cry, and it's really been rough for, for my family. I haven't found words to explain to them that hey, this is what's going on because I don't have any concrete uh, 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 thing to tell them because it's, it's really been difficult to get information down the first time, you know. So for now, so for now, while you're waiting, what is your yeah. hope? What is your hope? Because now we get word that now the Biden administration is going to be changing the process again for asylum, which will probably go again to the Supreme Court which most experts are saying it will probably be found unconstitutional again. So when will this, for you, when will you feel a sense of at least relief? Oh, I'll feel a sense of relief when they tell me, hey, the person who was in ICU is your brother, because they said he has, uh, he matched a little bit of the description I gave. That's the most important thing for me right now. I don't bother, I'm not bothered about. Uh, uh, the trying to protect the border, which is important for a nation. And we coming over here, our goal is to be safe. It doesn't matter how long the process takes. That is not a problem. The problem is, Hey, being safe first before any other thing. Staying alive is the first priority before every other advantage that comes to life. So uh, the, the laws is not really like uh, a, a big problem to me right now. I, I, I faced it when I just got into the country during the Trump administration when we did the stay in Mexico policy. And uh, I wasn't bothered because I'm fleeing from a crisis. And at least they're giving me an opportunity to stay. So I'm just hopeful that they will consider uh, a lot of uh, uh, aspects before they take this loss because we have a lot of immigrants who are, I would say, suffering and hoping to one day have the American dream. You know, for for you guys to make that trek all the way over here and then for this to happen, I mean, you went through that jungle. For people don't know what that jungle is like, paint a picture for them of what you went through in that jungle. Oh, first, I would say, imagine that you're traveling, you're going somewhere, and you don't know where you're going to, and you don't know how many hours it's going to take you to get there. That's the first thing. It's 
the most dangerous thing I've seen in my life. It's the waters are not friendly. The jungle is not friendly. The wild animals, no, not friendly at all. It's it's a journey of survival and hope. Where if you fall and you break your leg, you're on your own. Because everyone is moving ahead. You just keep pushing. And you have a determination in there. Because you know, hey, you can't go back. You just have to keep moving, going ahead. But you don't know when you're going to arrive. You don't know how many days you're going to take. I was in there for four days and nights. And it wasn't friendly. People lost their lives. Saw remains of people, and it's just overwhelming. It's, I can't really talk about it. My last question for you would be or, or if you could say something to people who are U.S. citizens, whom I often see taken for granted how great this country is, people die to come here for the opportunities that we have here. What would you say to those people that take take it for granted, the liberties that they were born into? I would say Americans are blessed. That's why in every speech that an American president says he will always end it by saying, God bless America. America is blessed and the Americans are blessed. Make use of the opportunities that the, 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 the government gives to you all because people are dying out there to get you. And it's, it's sad that people take these trips that some are trips of no return, some die to get you. If you have the opportunity to live in this country, make use of the resources you have because some people dreamt about it to be in your shoes, but they never made it. All right. Thank you so much, Jude. And, you know, we hope that we get good news about your brother Erasmus. And we hope that, you know, I'm really hoping that he is the person that we think we found in the hospital in David in Panama, um, who's is still in critical condition, but stable, getting stronger every day from what my sources are telling me. This is the only way that that you have any information, but we do have to say, and we, we say this every time I talk to you, that they presume it is him, but because of the amount of swelling and lesions yeah. and everything else from the accident, which was horrific, and we're going to post also so people can see on the podcast that they they cannot be sure until they get that DNA. So in the meantime, you know, we're, we're going to hope for the best for you and your family. And of course, you know, we'll we'll keep up with what's going on. We will give updates on what's going on with you and your family. And we'll we'll be talking again. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it.
that is all for this week. Please, if you want to join us or if you have ideas about other podcasts or things that you want to know more about, you can send us an email. You can send it directly to me at yvirgin at sbgtv.com. Thank you so much for joining us again for another edition of Immigration Crisis, the Fight for the Southern Border. I'm Jamie Virgen for Sinclair Broadcasting in San Antonio, Texas.